Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. Well, that's uh, rated our promos for sermons here, I think. Didn't mean to scare you, um, and we don't want to scare you, but uh, that's next week. We're going to start um, a uh, sermon series just for six weeks or so in Ephesians 6 on spiritual warfare. It really continues on what we've been doing just as we enter this new year in intentionality. That to recognize what's behind the things that are so hard and the struggle, that, that there is a real spiritual battle, and what does God's word say about that? So, but that'll be next week. Um, this week we are continue, We're just uh, finishing up this sort of New Year three uh, part, looking at some psalms of, of being intentional, how we want to enter this this new year. And, and in the last few weeks, we've we've seen um, some of my uh, favorite illustrations that I've used. We had the rope of hope recently. Uh, we had the box of problems. You guys love that one, of course. Uh, but I also have one I've used before, um, and, and I wanted to, some of you have, have seen this, perhaps, haven't used it quite as much. How many recognize this? Recognize it? This is a throne, okay? Not much of one I get, but that's all I could muster up. Uh, so this is the throne of your life, and the question is, who sits on it? And as we talked, even last week, we brought the sled and we said, when we, when we let our life sort of take us wherever it takes us without intentionality, here's where we gravitate towards with the throne of our life. We gravitate towards wanting to sit on it ourselves, don't we? And, and so when we say that who's on your throne is uh, who you obey, yes, but specifically this week, it's also who do you trust, like, who, who, who are you taking shelter in? Who, who do you believe has you? And, and, and the gravitational pull for our lives is, I got this. If I work hard enough, if I just make a little more money, if I just get that relationship, if I just, then I, I'm going to be okay, right? And, and that's why we have so much fear and anxiety, and uh, we don't know what to do, because we know ourselves better than anyone, except for God. And we know that what? We're terrible at being on the throne of of anyone's life, and certainly that includes ours. Um, one of the things I was speaking to our teens last Sunday night, and I'm, I said this to them, I said, I, I want you to wake up every morning and look in the mirror and say, I am terrible. Not quite the world usually says, I have confidence and I'm going to be great today. I said, no, no, I want you to say, I'm terrible. Not that you are terrible, because I'm not done. Say this, I'm terrible at being God. I'm terrible at it. Because you know you are. And we are too. So we want to sit on the throne of our life and, and, and believe that we have control and yet we barely remember anything from the past. You have no idea what's going on outside this room. You actually, I really don't even know what's going on right now inside this room. Right? What's going on with every person who's here. And we certainly don't know the future. And so to be on the throne of our life is, is going to cause that fear and anxiety. We also like to put other people or things on the throne of our life. Who do we trust in? And think about how much pressure that is to put your husband or wife here. He will always take care of me. She will always be there. Well, she might try, but can she? My parents will always be there, or my kids, or, 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 or the government, right? Like, they'll take care of me. And, and these are all 
fail, they all fail at being the Lord. And, and especially, because we're going to look at Psalm 46 together, it's, it, it's when, if we intentionally say, I want the Lord to be on the throne of my life, then it becomes a radical trust in a crumbling world. A radical trust in a crumbling world. So that's what we're going to look at today. Let's, let's pray as we look at God's Word. Father, I, I do thank you for um, the, the opportunity to sing praises to you this morning together, that, that we, we've already been able to just worship you um, together where we're at. Thank you for the worship team and leading us. Thank you for um, the, the, those who, who greeted uh, people this morning and, and, and with the cold wind flying through the doors. Thank you for those who are serving our kids downstairs. And, and, and God, thank you that you've given such gifts to your body, and I pray that um, we would use them to bring you glory. I ask for your blessings on this time, that whatever troubles we might bring into this room, O oh Lord, that you would remind us that you are ever near us. You are a refuge and strength and ever very present help in our trouble. Lord, it's, this time is yours. Do with it for your will. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Amen. Um, so if you uh, want to follow along, we'll put it on the screen, but if you want to follow along in your Bibles, this is Psalm 46, somewhere kind of right in the middle of your, your, your Bible, uh, and you can, you can turn there. I wanted to, uh, you saw the video on the small group series, uh, we have um, sign-ups on our website, and the good thing about that, I think there's 11 different host homes, groups that are going to be doing that that you can plug into, so if you go online um, and look at an evening that might work for you, or a uh, close by to where you live, and, and you can plug in. I suggest you do it soon just because it may fill up. Not everybody can take more than, you know, eight to ten people, so uh, it'll give you more, more choice. Also, after the, the service, Pastor Bob will be out in the welcome desk. If you're like, I don't really know how to go online and do all that, or I don't feel like doing that, he'll help you. You can sign up, or if you have questions, he'll be there as well uh, to talk about. I think it's a really uh, great study. It's, it's, it's not, you know, a, a permanent commitment. It's a couple months, and, and it's a really great topic, and you hopefully We'll meet some, some new people, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know that. As we, as we go to uh, this psalm, uh, Psalm 46, this is not like the, the, the last two weeks. This is not a psalm of David. Uh, it, it, it's a psalm uh, put together by the sons of Korah, and they've put uh, other psalms together as well. And, and really, they, they give us this, uh, this song that was to be put in public worship. And, and, and it's clearly a song about uh, trouble is closing in. We'll see that right from the very first verse. But we don't really, it doesn't tell us uh, what the situation this song was written at. So, so it, the, the best guess that we have is that it was during the time of King Hezekiah. And that was when the Assyrians were the world power. And they had already come and, and conquered the northern tribes. And then they came to Jerusalem, the southern, in, in, in the capital of Judah, and they were there, right? They're at the gates, and it looked like it's not going to go well. Uh, and they think that because there's a lot of similar language that we see in Isaiah. And Isaiah, of course, ministered and prophesied during that time of Hezekiah. So maybe that's the case. But here's what's beautiful about the fact that we don't know is that the sons of Korah put this to a song of public worship so that whatever your trouble is at the gate of your life or our lives in our world, in our time, we can sing this song. And that's why I, I wanted us to look at it together. If, if you, you see how it, it, it begins, there's really three sections in it. Uh, and the first section goes through verse 3. But, but here's how it begins, like right off the bat. 
God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I want you to see that word trouble. And we all know what trouble is, right? You learn that as a little kid right, right away. Like, you're in trouble, right? So we, we kind of, I don't think anyone doesn't know what that English word trouble means. But the, remember, this is a translation. And this was originally written in Hebrew. And that word that we see, trouble, it does mean trouble, but it's very specific. The kind of trouble that's closing in. Right? It's, 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 uh, it, 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 it was sort of a distant threat at one point, and now it's on our doorsteps. So if this was the king Hezekiah, they were always kind of worried about this Assyrian power that was growing, but it's in the distance, right? So it's like, eh, it's worrisome, but now it's here, right? Trouble. It's closing in. It's claustrophobic. And for you, maybe it was a, a relationship. You had a little crack in this important relationship in your life, and now there's a gaping hole. What do I do? Right? Maybe there was a situation kind of going on at your work that was stressful, but now it's, I might lose my job. What do I do? Right? Some situation like that that's closing in. And, and here's what that trouble does. It creates great emotional stress. Right? It, it, it causes sleeplessness, anxiety. It, 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 right? And we've all experienced and may be experiencing this kind of trouble that's, that's closing in. And so he's singing, they're singing this. They're saying, in this trouble, when you feel like it's all closing in on you, that it's there right? It's there that God is what? Our refuge and strength. That means shelter, but I want you to think like bomb shelter, the kind of place where if atomic bombs dropped right now, you would be safe. That is the Lord. When he's on your throne, right, you can take shelter in him. He will strengthen you. But even more beautiful is that word, uh, very present help in that trouble. And that again is, it is, it does mean what you see in English, that, that God is near you in that trouble. Because when trouble closes in, we feel alone, right? We feel like, oh, what am I going to do? But this is a promise that for his people, God is there with you. But here's um, the, the other thing. You don't really see the root of that Hebrew word. is used in other places in Scripture that means enough, or sometimes even more than enough. And, and, and so here's, that's why I think this word was chosen by the sons of Korah. It's a, that in that trouble, in that place where everything's closing in on you, can't sleep and you don't know what to do, God is near you and God is enough. Because that is huge, isn't it? Because I could be near you and I could try to help you, but I might not and often will not be enough for you. I remember um, last year, uh, just before Christmas, our family was, uh, we, we, uh, Heather and I got COVID, and so that was back when you quarantined for like two weeks. Now what is it, like a day and a half? And I was like, ah, you're fine, get back to work, right? We, but that was, so we were in quarantine, and, um, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't super sick, but I was definitely feeling, ugh, right? And I was in the house, and all of a sudden Heather's like, oh no, I'm like, what? She's like, the FedEx driver stuck in our yard. I'm like, stuck in our yard? We have a huge driveway. Like, what are we doing? So I look out, and he had thought it was a layer of snow, and, and these guys thought that, that it was still the driveway. And it, sh it was soft ground because it was, had warmed up a little bit, and it was just a gradual de uh, incline. Uh, and, and so they, they just started spinning, and they kept backing up and backing up. By the time I got out there, right, and I'm trying to stay away from them because I— got COVID, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't want to tell these guys, but I don't want to leave them out here, and I, I just want them out of my yard, you know, and, and, and they're 
they're spinning to China. It's just, it's like they're so deep and they're almost like into the woods next to my yard. And I'm just like, oh, so we're talking. And I'm like, all right, well, uh, I'll get behind you and try to push. I'm thinking, like, well, this is stupid. There's no way, right? Like even on a good day, I'm not exactly jacked out of my mind, right? And so like, and I feel kind of miserable too. So I get behind them and I look, I'm like, their tires are like bald. And I'm like trying to push and they're spinning and I'm spinning. And I'm like, oh, right? I want to help them, but it's not happening. They had to bring a, another one of their trucks with a chain and yanked them out of there, right? That's what they needed. And, and I just wasn't going to be enough. And that's the point, is, that, is that, that God isn't just near you, and that's great, but he's near you, and he's enough. He's enough in your sorrow. He's enough in your illness and sickness. He's enough in that financial pro- He is enough. Like we say all the time here, right? If you're newer here, this is something we say all the time. The cross is enough. So maybe you come in here, the trouble is the shame of the sin of your past. You don't know what to do with it. But Jesus is enough. The cross is enough. He, you cannot outsin the mercy and grace of the cross. And so that's what I want us to, to just be able to, to, to uh, chew on, not just today, but all year, and your, hopefully your whole life, is that whatever trouble comes this year, God is enough. The cross is enough. The Lord Jesus is enough. And, and this section ends this way. He says, therefore. Remember, what is a therefore? Therefore. It's the link, right? Because he's enough and he's ever present in, in your trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. You'll see 71 times, 74 total, because Habakkuk has that word as well. But in the Psalms, there's 71 times you see Selah. And they don't even really know exactly what that is. The best guess is it's translated interlude, and it's meant to pause. And and maybe the instruments keep going, just like we might have in one of our songs, right? Instruments are going, but there's no more singing. And you're just meant to reflect on what was just said. To not just sing a song quickly and then, okay, not even really think about the words, but here, pause, look at this. And so, so what they're saying is because, right, God is enough, because God is near, because he's on the throne, even if this is a picture of roaring chaotic waters and even the mountains that are supposed to be sure are falling into the sea. It's a picture of uncreation, like picture Noah and the flood maybe. And the idea here of the sons of Korah is what they're, they're saying is, hey, like, even if everything you depend on is falling apart, like that person or your health or your finances or your insurance policy or your job or your reputation or everything could be falling, that you said, I can bank on this, it's okay, you do not need to fear because God is enough, because God is near you, and he's on the throne of your life, you aren't. You see, fear um, is, is actually something. I was invited to uh, speak at the chapel at Whitensville Christian School a couple weeks ago to the high school students. And some of you were praying for me. I really appreciated that because my biggest concern was they, you know, they, they only have so much time, right? And they said, you got 15 minutes. I'm like, that's like an introduction for me. I don't know if we can do that. So, uh, so we did, but the topic was faith through fear. 
And one of the things I said to them was, uh, and I'll say to you, is fear is a normal thing. Right? God gave you fear and anxiety so to protect you from some things. Right? So the idea isn't that you won't have fear. The idea is you won't be, you won't be controlled by your fear. You won't let fear dictate how you live and the decisions and choices you make. Instead, by faith, you walk through fear because you're not on the throne. He is. And so that's what he's saying is, is that, that um, we don't have to be afraid because we know who's on the throne. We know that he's near and he's our ever help. And we don't have to stay stuck in that fear. And so um, the intentionality that I want you to take from this, right, is to trust God even when trouble closes in. And that takes an intentionality. Like you're not going to drift towards trusting. You're going to drift towards putting yourself on the throne or someone else or something else. And, and it's going to cause bitterness and anger and fear and anxiety. Instead, wake up and say, man, I'm terrible at being God. Jesus, you're on the throne. I can't tell you how many times I've said that since this, these last three weeks. That, that I've had to say that in my own, just wake up and feel this great stress about something. And I'm just like, Jesus, you're on the throne. You know, you can breathe. You got this. You got this. Yes, we work hard and we're, we're, we're to serve him and we're still to put our gifts to use, but we're not God. He is. Breathe. I'm a bad God. My wife, I love her. She makes a terrible God. I love my, my dad. He's not a good God. Right? I love so many of you and, and, and you're not good gods. God is the only one that could be on our throne. That takes intentionality. And so um, the, the, you'll notice in this psalm, it's only 11 verses, that each section is split by that word selah. And, and, um, and so verse 4, remember, verse 3 just ended with this scene of water being chaotic, right? And, and notice how the tone changes here in verse 4. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. So no longer is it a roaring, chaotic uh, water, it's a beautiful river of gladness. The holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Now, this is talking about Jerusalem and the temple where God dwells, right? So again, if it's that Hezekiah time, the Assyrian army is there, and but they say, man, God has promised to deliver his city and his temple. And it continues. The nations rage... The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. There it is again. Selah. Pause. Think about what he's saying. Again, we see that word host. The Lord of hosts. That's angels. You 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 know that God's angel armies are all around you, but it's even better than that. The whole theme of this psalm is that the Lord is with us, right? Not just the host, but the Lord himself. The God of Jacob is our fortress. A fortress is something that cannot be penetrated, right? It it cannot assail you when you're in a fortress. And so what I I, I see from this is that I want us to very intentionally this year, very intentionally, trust God's presence, provision, and promise. Man, some of you love that alliteration, don't you? Love the P words, okay? Presence, provision, and promise. We've seen that throughout this psalm, that he will be near you. 
He will be with you in your days of trouble. But we also can trust his provision. That, that just said that by a word from him, the earth can melt. The picture is everyone around you is raging. That's not us, right? No. Everyone's really nice right now, feeling great. Everyone's being very encouraging to each other. Is that, that true? You've been hiding under a rock if you think that's true. The nations rage, people rage, right? And the natural uh, slide of our life is to join in the chorus of rage, isn't it? Bitterness, I'm angry, I wish this, uh, right? And, and yet, if we trust God's uh, provision, it, it is that, that by a one word, the very earth would melt. The power of the Lord when he's on our throne. And his promise, you, you notice a couple of times in this psalm, he, he, they use the term the God of Jacob. And if you look in the Old Testament, all the times they'll say God of Abraham, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he very purposely chooses Jacob. And, and they're not told why. It's a public worship song. But I think it's because Jacob, I love Jacob. I, I love thinking about Jacob. You know why? Because Jacob was a mess. And I don't want someone to be a mess, but it just reminds me of my own life and my own journey. Like Jacob was literally already fighting with his brother coming out of the womb, right? He stole from his own brother. He tricked his own father, right? He wrestled with God. Who can say that at a wrestling match with God? Like that's Jacob. His whole life was about that. And yet God chose him, God promised, and God kept his promise, not because of Jacob, but because of God. It's called grace. And every one of us, if you're sitting here in Christ today, it's not because of you and you did something. It's because of his grace. And so isn't it wonderful, whatever trouble, whatever is at your door, is that you can trust God's promise because it doesn't hinge on you. Right? If, you, if it does, yeah, you should wring your hands. Oh, I really blew it that time. God's going to turn his back on me. No, he's the God of Jacob. He's the God that didn't even turn his back on Jacob because his grace is why he chose you, and it's his grace why he's going to preserve you. You can trust him in that that, that promise that he'll protect you, deliver you, strengthen you, and be your fortress. His word is true. His word is true, and he will preserve you by it. To intentionally say, the Lord is my fortress. I will trust his promise. And so the last section, um, as we come to verse 8, it, it, it has, especially you see that first phrase, it has that intentionality all over it. Here's what I mean by that. I will come and, and, and behold the works of the Lord. Do it. Come, do it. Don't just kind of generically, just come behold the works of the Lord. If you were with us last week, I had our, the, the, our sled, remember? And, and I told the story about how, like, if, if you, we just, my friend who let the sled just kind of go wherever it would go, and he landed in, into a tree. Right? And we, and, and we had taught him, you got to put your gloves in the snow and you got to be intentional about staying on the path God wants you. And so part of that is who do you behold and who do you trust with intention? It says, Come, the sons of Korah sing, behold the works of the Lord. Right? And I love how he puts this. And, and if, again, if, if they're a, a, under a military threat, this was especially important to them. 
But he says, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. So what is this promise is that God will end all wars, all threats, all weapons that seem to be so destructive that eventually in his time, God will end them. Continues with that theme. And this is a verse that some of you have on a coffee cup at home, don't you? Right? Or on a t-shirt somewhere. Be still and know that I'm God. We love that. Who likes that verse? Raise your hand if you love that verse. I mean, I know we're all supposed to like every biblical verse, but I mean, it's meant something to you. Yeah. Right? Because we live in such a chaotic, crazy world that we so badly want to be still, and yet we're terrible at it, aren't we? Especially today. When there's a distraction everywhere, every place, and, and yet there's this promise, right? I noticed something late yesterday when I was looking at this. I didn't even notice when I was studying it. That this is the only verse in this psalm that has quotes. And what this is saying in the song is this is God saying this. Be still and know that I'm God. You see, what, what we think, we, we apply it as quieting our hearts, turning the TVs off, putting our phones away and sitting before God. And I think that's an awesome application, but I don't want you to miss really digging into that, that phrase, be still, because it means it, it goes deeper than just stopping, right? It, it, it actually could be translated cease and desist, like, a, like, like a, a fight. It means knock it off, be quiet. Anyone ever heard anyone tell you that? You had parents, right? Some of you said that to your kids on the way to church today. Like, I remember when I was, I think it was like third grade. It was so, I was pretty young, and I had um, this classmate who became a good friend of mine. Um, but we were both Irish, and we were both really, really angry. And that anger spilled out into the playground. And it went from just yelling and calling names to throwing haymakers. Whatever, you know, third graders can throw, right? And we're just both like, there's, there's no defense, right? And we're both getting hit. As we're going, it, the anger is just getting worse and worse. Confusion and anger, and, 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 right? And, and, the, and the teacher that, that was out there and closest to us, this was not a time for him to go, now, guys, what do you think we should make some better choices? Wouldn't you rather talk this out? Was that going to work? Not with us it wasn't right? And he knew it. So here's what he did instead. He grabbed me, and he grabbed my friend, and he went, knock it off! And it had to go through our mind, sink deep into our heart, to our bodies to freeze us. And that's what I want. When you see this verse, that's what God is saying. And all the chaos, and all the rage, and all the troubles, and all the threats, and all the fighting, and all of it, knock it off! Shh! Be still. Be still. And what? Know that I am God. And what, here's what he says. I will be exalted. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. This is a promise. God is saying this. Right? And we know there will come a time where uh, the New Testament promises, right, that when Jesus comes back, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, Jesus is Lord. And some of you will be uh, among that, perhaps, and will be exultant. 
yes. And so many others, and I hope and pray it's not you, will realize under judgment that they rejected the Savior. But they will still understand and know that He is God. And all wars will cease. And the struggle and the rage will end. And so, in that moment, everyone will be still and know that He is God. And all this psalm is trying to do, I think, with this verse, is get us to practice now. With all the chaos around us, shh, stop and know that He is God. He's God in our troubles. He's God in our pain. He's God in our sorrow. He's God in our good times. He is God, and He will be praised. Whether we do it or not, He will be. And so will we intentionally join the chorus of praise? And he ends the song with really the theme that's run its course throughout this psalm. The Lord of hosts, there it is again, is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. The Lord of the angel armies is with us, and the God of promise and grace is our fortress. Pause and think. And so, here's what I want us to do this year. To not just talk about being still before God. You're good. It's not going to happen on accident. You're just going to wake up one day and say, you know what? I feel like just sitting around for 10 minutes and sitting before God. Maybe you're on the beach somewhere or you have, like it happens, but very rarely. Right? The slide, slide of your life is going to go towards chaos. It's going to go towards confusion. It's going to go towards busyness. It's going to go towards trying to do it yourself, trying to climb back into the throne. It's going to take intentionality to practice the discipline of stillness before God. To put the phone away, to turn things off, and to just sit before God. If any of you are, uh, uh, do this well, and I know some of you do, and have been practicing this, help others do it. People in your life. If you don't know how to do it, and there's someone in your life, like, ask them, like, I think you, you know how to do this. What do you do? Share how you do this. Because sometimes it's weird for people who are always busy to stop and sit before God. One of the, uh, I've um, uh, mentioned this before, but one of the uh, apps on my phone that, that I've used is just simply called the Pause app. Pause. You can look it up and ask me later. I can send it to you. Uh, it's based on John Eldridge's book, Get Your Life Back. Uh, and it just leads you through a one-minute pause. Like anybody can do one minute. And then you work your way up to three and then five and then ten. Um, but that's not the only tool out there. And maybe you don't need a tool. You just need to be intentional. To, to, to sit before God and to just shh. Let him speak. Let him speak. You can pray. Let him speak. Let him be in the throne of your life. Put your troubles and worries before him. Think about him. Think about his promises. And think about who he is. I want us to finish uh, our time, this time together, doing that. And we're just going to do it for a few minutes. Um, For some of you, it'll be like, man, I could have done that all day. A lot of you, it's like, wow, that was three awkward minutes because you're not used to doing it, and I just want you to see you can do it. All right, I'm going to invite our, our worship team up. Um, it's always good to do it with music. Here's what I'll invite you to do, is whatever is comfortable for you, to close your eyes, to look down, look at the cross, is something I like to do. 
Um, there's no one way to do it, but a way for you to focus. Um, and I'm just going to lead us through a time where we can just sit before God and think about him. And think about him. As we think about God, think specifically about who he is. What are his characters? What has he done? What has God done? Think about, if you've been following the Lord for a while, think about what are some promises that you can recall. Scripture, promises God has made. What are things he said he's going to do in you? And if you don't know any or it's been a while thinking about that, you might think about the one promise of the gospel, and that is, God will save all who come to Christ in faith. And he will preserve you, save you for all of eternity. There's so many promises. Think about whatever one's come as you sit before God. about the troubles that you might have right now. Some are on the horizon and some are right at your doorstep. Worries, anxieties.
see the Lord on the throne of your life. Experience how near he is to you and just give him over to him. With the purpose of when you leave here, you're not picking him back up. Father, you are the God of Jacob, God of grace. Lord, I know there's bound to be one or two or maybe many right now this morning who hear the message of the gospel and they just don't think it's for them. They think that they've done too much, they've run too far. Father, will you show them your mercy and grace is enough for them? Will you remind your children this morning that your grace is enough? Will you remind us this morning and this week when the troubles come that you are with us and ever-present? You are enough in those troubles. That we would put you on the throne of our lives. That we would regularly say, I'm not God. Jesus, you're on the throne. What will you have me do? Finally, Lord, I pray that we would not pick up those troubles that we handed over to you this morning. That we have to live in that trouble for a time and a season. But none of it surprises you. None of it's beyond you. We trust you completely as your people. With the troubles all around us, oh Lord, use us to be the beautiful shining light. That we would not be part of the chorus of rage that's around us, but we would be the chorus of love found in Christ. And it's in your holy and precious name we pray and that we sing. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we stand and sing together?